go recording uh mexican radio take two why are you excited no i was just excited i had a great day yesterday a great meal uh i know you had a good day on the golf course uh, again last night a little unsettled with your heart i mean there's so much to talk about but i'm most excited about dan duran's tour yesterday uh you know on the uh, west coast of mexico to find out exactly what it was where it was and um how it went that's all mm. dan do you need any background noise or uh, background background um music or hey i have an idea dan duran's going to take us on a tour of uh mazatlan and historic uh a mexican village uh significant uh, this will be like a, a mini episode of aging with energy but first let's start the show how about that Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, Dan had to get up way early for this. So uh, he's not prepared anything. So you're going to hear some Dan Duran freestyling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All Take right. it part of yesterday. Okay. Uh, here we go. You, you still have the sponsors and things like that. You're not going to start making Yeah, I got that already. Oh, right. That's from yesterday. Yeah. Right. Yeah, let's, yeah. take, take it away, Colin Mockery. <laughs> This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Mexican studios in a rented condo in San Miguel de Allende, and another rented condo in San Miguel de Allende, and from another rented condo in Mazatlan, and is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. And now here are two men who I really haven't written anything for, but they are great gentlemen whose comedy and efforts in life and living are awesome. It's Humble and Fred. That's very good. Like, Who's Dan is it anyway? That's what we should call it. Nice save, Dan. Nice really. save. I love Dan Duran freestyling. Tony Clement will be our guest today. Retirement Sherpa's going to be along. And we're going to have a nice chat with some people about the uh, wonderful world of GoDaddy. And uh, lots to catch up on. Uh, I think your uh, internet connection seems more stable now. Yeah, I think there must have just been a little glitch here in the the condo area. Because as I say, my numbers are well, are uh, fine. Uh, You know, when I test the the feed. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know... That happens at home sometimes, you know. There's a Roger, it's a little Rogers dropout or something. You um, guys with your smartwatches should get a, uh, a speed test uh, as part of the whole deal, so you can just look oh. at your watch and see. Thanks for reminding us. Every day we're going to start with our pulse rate. Yeah, okay. We, Howard? Yeah, I like that. Okay. What is your? <laughs> that's a great point. Uh, what's yeah. your uh, resting heart rate? Hang on a second. Okay. Are you testing it? <laughs> Let me see. I just want yeah, people yeah. to understand that. This is part of our yeah. a daily routine now because we're at 6,000 feet. There'll be, a, there'll be a correlation between the, uh, the comedy level and, and your heart rate. So That is a good Bob, point. Maybe we can graph that. Bob Willett is a program director, and he let us know yesterday he was fascinated with the <laughs> heart rate segment on the show. That's right. Yeah, our boy, boy Bobby, he, he weighed in with some good consultancy. Okay, what do you got? I got 74, but I think it's uh, 74 a little elevated because of um, the the internet glitch I had. Okay. I'm at 70, which is mm-hmm. good for me at 6,000 feet, but I'm on a heavy dose of beta blockers, so it's kind of unfair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, I need you to just bring it down about uh, just a tiny percent. So, okay, bring it down. Bring it down. And, and by the way, also on the show, 
because we're just, uh, I'm not sure exactly when spring break officially starts for Canadians, uh, kids and families to, is it soon? I would imagine. Yeah. Over the next it's around couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. Cause the reason um, I bring it up is the Canadian government has issued some more warnings for, uh, regions in Mexico and we're smack dab in the middle of one. Listen, but, uh, not so quick, sir. Not so quick. I'm reading this morning. Very disturbing. Uh, police have been notified. Uh, six schools, three in Brampton, three in Mississauga. There was an online message that somebody was going to shoot them up on March 10th. So there's going to be special security of those uh, six schools on March 10th. You know, they, they're not sure there's anything to it. But just, again, how disturbing that is. The new world in which we live in. Sure. I, I didn't want to get into the Mexican thing right now. I'm just uh, bringing it right. up as something we might want to talk to uh, talk to that point later. Right. But what's your point no. about what? That's so it's not safe anywhere now. It doesn't seem to be. Okay. And I didn't know if we were going to get that. But I, I, again, you know, you talk about mental health and the state of uh, our society right now. Do these kids really need that now that go to those schools? Over the next week or so, worrying about somebody's going to show up with any, you know, some assault rifle and start shooting up high schools in the GTA. No, it's terrible. I mean, it is. It's terrible. And uh, my point being, I mean, you could stay. Well, you could be anywhere now and be under threat. I want to take you young men back to a time in the 1960s. And not to diminish what what you're talking about and certainly not to diminish the kind of terror that American children go through. On a daily basis. Dan, we're going to get to your tour of wherever the hell you were in a second. Because I, I really, I only brought that up as something we might talk to later. Right. But, you know, there was a time in the late, in the early 1960s. And I don't know if you guys ever experienced that. I didn't. But our brothers and sisters at that time had daily or whatever occasional drills where the kids had to go underneath their desks to, in case of a nuclear attack. Well, that was during the Bay of Pigs, the Cuban Missile Crisis. And so what my point about that is, is that this isn't the only generation of children or adults that have been terrorized psychologically. We tend to forget that 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 must have been pretty terrifying asking your kid. So how is your, you know, your bomb scared drill today, sweetie? But Howard, what about kids overseas that during wars, bombs literally dropping? during their classes i I imagine that happened i i I know it's 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 uh, it's not unique but it's just not something we're used to in canada yeah for sure okay so it's also and also on that point though is that comparing then to now there's been a change with with our social media and uh, easy access to information that things can happen way faster quicker and false you know, things yeah. getting out there. Yeah. It's easy and and I often point. think like our parents didn't have, we didn't have seat belts. The cars were made of shards of glass that could pierce our brains. <laughs> and, and, and it, you know, I mean, I'm sure like, I, I don't recall my brothers talking about it, but you know, somebody in North America in those time had children going to school, having to, you know, drill going underneath their wooden desks in case of a bomb attack. No, no, uh, you're right. And, uh, you know, this thing, this latest thing in Brampton and Mississauga could be some dickhead kid just throwing it out there to get a reaction or to see what the reaction is. 
But the, the point is you just don't know because these things happen, you know? And so much of this is copycat now, you know, with the copycat thing, you know, Canada, the United States knows no borders. I mean, kids in Canada see what's happening in the States. If there's a nut, who knows what's going to happen? Thank you, Douglas. He's bringing me my coffee. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, that's your, uh, is that your manager? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. I got a manager here too, but he just gets up and takes a crap and then goes back to bed. (laughs) And that's that's the first of three every day for Dan. Oh, at least. Uh, you're still breaking up a little bit, but so far it's, you know, I mean, is there any way you can change over to the gig sky today? Uh, maybe. Yeah, we might want to do that. Wow, that's something. Yeah. It really is. I'm, I'm totally bewildered by this, honestly. Wow. And again, I wasn't trying to counterpoint that we shouldn't be appalled by the fact that somebody is calling in a, a threat on schools in our city and i mean you took the mexican alert from the canadian government which by the way when we got to my point was going to be basically that you can get you know you there's danger everywhere and the fact that we're now in a zone here in this region where it's uh one there's two threat levels one is don't go and the other one is the government says advise against travel the reason they bring it out this week is because spring break is upon us in Canada, Dan and Fred, I think we're the second largest source of tourism for Mexico. Could be, yeah. I would think. So it's the U.S. and us, spring break, families, proximity. So the Canadian government has to, I guess, you know, issue these alerts from time to time when these regions are, you know, a little bit more dangerous than normal. But I don't think any more dangerous than living in Toronto. No. And, you know, it's the luck of the draw as well. As I said, you could spend every winter down in Mexico and uh, be fine. You know, you turn, you walk down a street, you turn right, something happens, you turn left, nothing happens. And a, a lot of this stuff is sensationalized. It is, but like, there's, it's, there's no doubt stuff's happening here. Oh, yeah, there's stuff happening everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I know there was just four people uh, drove across the border from South Carolina. Two ended up with dead. Uh, this was in northern Mexico, you know, in cartel country. So, yeah, you have to watch what you're doing. So you, you heard that story, too. Huh? You know, they, yes. were, they were down here from, the, from what I heard of the story yesterday. Apparently, they all came down here for the, the lady, the woman in the group was having a, a medical procedure and just a happened to. A t- so, you know, the story, too. She was having a tummy tuck. Yeah. And just as Fred described it, went the wrong way, somehow got involved in a kidnapping or a whatever, and uh, two of them ended up dead. Yep. And uh, the other two, they were held overnight in cells. They're back in Texas now. But And then there's another story out of Mexico. Uh, how am I? Is my reception fine now? It's okay. Really? Anyway, um, she came down with her husband, I believe, uh, uh, on their dream vacation. And within a day, she was dead. But he's been charged with her murder. Well, went on a trip for... uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. They they came down on their honeymoon or was that White Lotus? I can't remember. Because that's (laughs) that's basically the only episode of White Lotus I saw. They came down. Yeah. 
And like on the first night, they found her dead, and her, uh, the mm-hmm. boyfriend has slash husband, whoever it is, has been charged with her murder. Now immediately, I see a story like that, and I start thinking, "Wow, I don't know, man. It seems odd to me." Is uh, are they pinning it on this guy because some other crazy stuff has happened at resorts? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but because of the wacky stuff that's happened at resorts, I can't help but thinking it seems odd. They come down here for a nice, you know, their dream vacation, and then he ends up killing her. It does, but I'm going to take the other tact here, which is, guys, it, if you're in a bad relationship and you think the, the way out of it is to kill your woman partner or whatever, just know you're always the first suspect. Like, because, and that's why I believe the husband did it, because 99% of the time, you know, it's like, that story we were talking about uh, a little while ago, about, and we were talking about it at dinner the other night, where the husband basically Googles how to dismember a body, how to, kick, how to kill your wife. You know, it's generally the husband. I get it. You're right. Um, but again, just the attach, attachment to Mexico just has a little bit of me going, hmm, is this another resort killing? And they're trying to pin it on him. Um you know, the details will unfold and I'm sure we'll find out. And, uh, it's another, the, the point is it's another thing that becomes front page news because it happened in Mexico. You know what I mean? Listen, the week before I, ca- I came down here in, uh, in Port Aventuras, there was a husband and a wife or husband and wife were down visiting. The husband got into it with some people at a bar and he ended up dead. But it turns out again, it wasn't as as resort killing is that he was being a dick and some guys took offense to it and beat him to death. Yeah. But I was going to say, listen, you know, there were more, there were more murders last weekend in Chicago than there were in this region of uh, where we are in San Miguel. No, I get it. I mean, you can play that game all day long, right? Mm-hmm. Like seriously. And, and again, it's like, it's the, you know, the whole COVID hysteria thing. How many people do you actually know that have died from COVID? Probably none or very few. And there's a reason why. How many people have got sick from the vaccine? Probably none. But, you know, again, another one of those sexy stories. And it just seems if something happens in Mexico, it explodes through the media. Is that necessarily fair? Well, that's the question. A really good point. And, and, and to finish this off, I just wonder, like, what is the responsibility of governments, Canadian, U.S., to issue, issue these travel advisories? Because, you know, we're having a fairly rational conversation about this. But if you were planning to come to this region for spring break and you saw that threat level, you know, that might dissuade some people because they're like, well, I don't I don't know if I want to do that. Well, that's when you have to make your own mature decision. But I, I would always say play the numbers. Play the numbers. All right. Well, let's uh, listen. Let's get back to uh, Dan Duran. <laughs> this episode of Law & Order. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't mean to bring this up because it derailed the last 10 minutes, but it needed to be said, Dan. It needed to be aired out. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, while we do Mexican radio, all three of us. Uh, when are you going home? You've only got a couple more days there, right? Myself, we're leaving on Sunday. Oh, on Sunday. Very nice. Yeah. My are you uh, tomorrow? I'm leaving Sunday. Are you wearing lots of sunscreen? 
Uh, I'm not just, I'm not, you know, spending a lot of time. Yes, I've been doing that, of course, but sure. uh, I haven't been spending three amounts of time in the sun. <laughs> now, uh, I, are you wearing a hat? Because, you know, your luxurious mane is, uh, you know, not, not what it used to be. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm wearing a hat, too, which I don't right. normally do. Are, yeah. Are you wearing that uh, British Airways ball cap you wear? You've worn for 25 years? No, I, Lisa found a, uh, a dance oh. studio hat in her closet. We <laughs> didn't know what it meant. The uh, the logo apparently is one of her. You'd look good in a pink hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it is it, inter- it her, is uh, International Women's Day, which we should talk about at some point. Is it really? It is. Oh, Jesus, Dan, I gave you a couple of uh, hats uh, when yeah, you were... those are my uh, construction hats. Oh, okay, now. Taylor all right. Made, all Taylor right. made uh, is sponsoring my construction abilities. I yeah. love that man. But it was last. It was a last minute cap grab. From the uh, closet that uh, Lisa had, so it's uh, it's got a logo on it I didn't recognize. We looked it up down here, and it turned out that it was one of her son's daughters or her son's girlfriend's hat for a dance studio that specializes in burlesque. Mm. Oh, nice! Mm-hmm. Mm. Boobies, so <laughs> boobies, <laughs> boobies! Hey, Dan, wait a minute, boobies, yeah, boobies, want- boobies is your contribution to International <laughs> Women's Day. <laughs> No, he said burlesque. No, I know. So I just thought of boobies and pasties and stuff. Hey, hey, Dan. Um, yes. You said you're, you're staying out of the sun. Uh, why is that? Just because you've been touring? Yeah, I've been, been busy touring. Um, you know, it's, it's this particular, right, this beautiful beach right in front of us here. The ocean's very cold and it's been pretty windy. I think a lot uh, like uh, Howard had when he was in Tulum. So, you know, like getting in the water is really cold. So it's more of a pooled kind of thing, right? And, uh, but, you know, we've had really long walks down the beaches because the beaches go on forever around here and it's awesome. So. Yeah. And are you saying romantic, some, are you romantic yes. walks down the beach <laughs> with yourself? All, 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 <laughs> yeah, all six of us. Yeah, Lisa, myself, and Tom and his wife. Oh, is, wait a second, is Lisa with you? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I no, did. I Lisa down. To, yeah, to to uh, and this is the first time my 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 friend Lisa has met uh, my family. Well, I'm sorry, oh. you're what your friend. My girlfriend. My uh, girlfriend. Your girlfriend. I don't know. It's a, again, we're, here we go. It's like we've had this conversation before. It just seems so weird to say girlfriend. You know, there's a, a great okay. phrase. Juvenile. Here, here I'll t- it does. I, and I absolutely agree with you. There's a great phrase in Spanish that um, it's, it's something between girlfriend and friend. And it's quierda amiga, which means my special friend. Oh. And uh, I love that. Uh, but speaking of which, I was going to give you guys an update today or tomorrow about uh, me, Kierda uh, Amiga, and uh, where that's all heading. But let's no. talk. Anyway, so Dan, no. we, we haven't even started the show officially because Fred and I, in our pre-show meeting, Fred said, we've got to get Dan to tell the story of his tour. Right. Fred, do you have oh, any well, other so, instructions? <laughs> no, that's it. I just want to do, uh, you know, I mean, aging with energy has become so popular. The smash hit exploding on the Apple uh, iTunes uh, ranking system mm, yeah, well. uh, that I know people love to hear about other people's adventures in faraway lands. So I thought it would be a good thing to do. Go, Dan. All right. Well, yesterday we were in the. You know what? Mazatlan is not in the uh, on the list, the Canadian uh, uh, hot zone. But we traveled outside the list 
um, into a, a, a more of a dangerous area, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on our way to a, uh, I can't remember the name of the small town for a, a, a lovely lunch. It's a cool little spot, but the uh, the majority of the day was taken up at a uh, as a in a tour at a, at a tequila distillery, mm. oh. and it was really great. I had no idea how they actually made tequila and the the agave plant, which I I'd seen pictures of before, but I always thought they used this the top of the plant, but they. Uh, there was this former musician who's probably 80 years old that who had incredible English who took us through the whole process very calmly and quietly and uh, explained that the pineapple below the uh, the agave plant is what they use and they showed us the uh, centuries old oven. This place has been on the go for 150 years, and the uh, the ovens that they bake the pineapples in with steam, and then they take that mash and then distill that, and all the processes that are ancient in there were in that area there. Oh, I thought it, I thought it was going to be an interesting day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hang on, let me get the intro. Okay. <laughs> this has been another episode of Aging with Energy. The Old Guys Travel Show. And now, and an interesting anecdote today. Well, we hoped, um, it, we um, hoped it was going to be. Interesting. I, listen, as, you know what? Fuck him. I thought that was interesting, Dan. I didn't, too, Howard. He's, doing, he's doing a bit. Excuse me for trying to be funny. Um, hey, no, you know, there's no room part, for that on this program. Part, part, <laughs> part of the tour, did you, like, did you get to test the tequila? Like, not, like unlimited or what? Where we could have had uh, tequila right at the beginning or at the end. They mm. gave us three tickets with a tour, and uh, most of us didn't take the three shots. Of, yeah, I wanted of to know the, what uh, did they serve tequila? How, what is the sort of standard serving of tequila? Is it actually an ounce? Is that a, would be considered like here's a shot you know, of tequila? Any, yeah, I think it was probably an ounce to maybe an ounce and a half. You know, standard okay. shot, and then uh, and then we went through the various you know the. The uh, the blanco, which is the, uh, the tequila as it comes out of the, the the distilling process, and then there's the the more colorful tequilas, the darkers. That's all about being aged in in uh, oak barrels, mm. so it, it it adds flavor to the uh, the tequila. But it was a pretty smooth tequila. It's good. <laughs> so you know, and very nice. <laughs> Go ahead, finish. Oh, I was just going to say, but, but there were some interesting moments there. Like one of them was uh, when we. Uh, we showed up at the bar there with the uh, the tickets. There was a there was a lady that was wearing you know how you wear t shirts with you know stuff on it. She had a t shirt said, "I'd fuck me." <laughs> <laughs> she wears that out in public. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? That's all hilarious. In Catholic country. <laughs> <laughs> I'd fuck me. What do you think though? Would you? Yeah, no. I said I said to Lisa, I wouldn't. <laughs> well, that's what you said to Lisa, but if Lisa wasn't yeah. there, if your no- Novia the wasn't thing. there. <laughs> Dan, you know, we have uh we've only been in Mexico with you for a couple of days. Have you and I know I don't know how much Spanish you speak or you hear, but have you at any point uh since you've been in country heard the term grande serpiente? No. What does that mean? Well, I mean, I mean, I just thought maybe as you walked by or you're walking around in your bathing suit or your shorts, the people have stopped and stared (laughs) and said, no, said, uh, hola, you know, grande serpiente. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
<laughs> that you haven't, haven't heard, heard that. that term. Thank you, though. I've uh, been picking small amounts of uh, Spanish up. Yeah, but now, I just, uh, thanks to you. I just figured it's been two days we haven't mentioned that. Yeah, although yesterday we were accused on Facebook of too many dick jokes, and there wasn't one on the show yesterday. Are you Not sure? One. It was, no, it was a dick joke free day. I went over the tapes. I went. I, I I listened to the show again. Not one, Howard. Well, that seems. So un- there's somebody out there. <laughs> that seems unusual. It does. Somebody out there uh, hearing things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, grande serpiente. Um, well, Dan Duran, uh, thank you for that uh, little uh, insert for our Aging with Energy podcast. Yeah. And um, so you're going to come back. And, and if you've the- never, if you ever, if you ever are in Mexico, and then I found it pretty interesting. If you've ever had tequila, there would be a, a good tour to take. Mm. One of those mm-hmm. those kinds of tours, and because you see the in, in that area, the, you see the agave, you know like fields of them the, the blue agave well i believe that howard and i are going on a uh we're going to an olive farm right if that's what you call it are you gonna go on that tour yeah, yeah. well it's not only a tour but we're also gonna have a cooking lesson that day no and and we're going to be able to test olive oils and what have you yeah. and then on another day i think we're going to like this sort of music festival thing Sandunga. side yep yeah i'm gonna go to so, that Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. I've um, been to that, and it, it's a nice barbecue and free booze and wonderful music. It's great. And, uh, you know, speaking of tequila, I, I, I was golfing in uh, Port Aventuras, and uh, I, my brothers, you know, hooked me up with a couple different people that helped me uh, get a bit of a discount on golf. So I bought them both tequila, and I went into a, I guess, a liquor store, but it was all tequila. A tequila store, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so it was all tequila all the time. It was time. all tequila all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really have a, a lot of perspective on what it's supposed to cost. But I bought a couple of really nice bottles. Like, pretty expensive. One was, and they were really, the thing I've reason I thought about it, Dan, is they were beautiful bottles. Like, one was like a, it was like a couple of feet tall, thin, you know what I mean? Like the, the, it's not just that they make great tequila here in Mexico, but the ornate nature of their um, the way they bottle it is pretty unique. And then after you've drank the uh, tequila, you put a candle in it or something. Sure, it becomes a nice ornament, Howard. But yeah. uh, I spent. This, uh, let me see, Dan. This is that's beautiful. Las Asuna is the one that, that we went to. And it is a beautiful bottle. It's yeah. like an unusual shape. And, yeah, they're, they're, and I bought one that was smaller like that. But I spent probably, I don't know, 30 or 40 Canadian, $50, whatever, which is a lot. In, it was like 1,000 pesos. But wow. um, you, really, you really appreciated them. Oh, dude. These guys hooked me up. Um, okay, so Dan Duran's coming back for the news. We'll get to that. Uh, also, as I mentioned, Tony Clement will be uh, checking in with us in a uh, minute or two. Uh, the retirement Sherpa will be uh, on the program today. Fred, he'll uh, let him talk for himself. But why don't you tell us a little bit about the Chamber Plan? Oh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group insurance plan for small business. This is what we mean by small business. You have a tiny business, one, two people, all right? You contact the Chamber Plan. You find out what it's going to cost you to become part of this. Yeah, I'll call it a network. All these small companies get together. You have the image of a large company, which which means purchasing insurance 
is much more affordable for everyone. It's worked for HumbleAndFredRadio.com Incorporated. It's worked for several companies uh, uh, that are owned by listeners to the Humble and Fred Show. They've signed on. Uh, the results have been fantastic. Go to ChamberClan.ca today. Get a free quote. Read the testimonials. It's all there. It's drugs. It's dental. It's a uh, uh, mental health component. It's uh, therapies. They have an HR department. All there. All the things that a small company needs to look like a big company. ChamberClan.ca In an ideal world, the first time you get into an electric car, you'd have someone trust walk you through. I love that phrase. Trust walk you through everything you need to know. Just like your parent or driving teacher did when you first learned to drive. The point being, if this is your first time trying electric, we highly recommend booking the full experience with evnet.ca. Those looking to try a second car should book a test drive or rent an EV instead. Here's the deal. And I love this uh, unique approach because the experience can be not just a test drive going around the block a few times, maybe on the gardener. This could be taking the car out for a weekend, for a day, for a week. You get with the experience, by the way, it's an EV advisor answering all your questions. You take the car home. You experience life with an electric car. Every experience you choose, whether it's a day, a weekend, or a, a week, includes intro consultation, EV rental, follow-up consult, and the option to phone any of the knowledgeable staff during the experience, which, by the way, I'm not saying I guarantee you'll need, but there's going to be questions. They walk you through it all, and, and there's a bunch of models available. It really is a unique way. The best way to try an electric car in Canada is evnet.ca. Do, 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 do. Um, we got a little time here before uh, Tony. I had a couple of clips I wanted to play you. Uh, it is International uh, Women's Day. Um, ba, 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 ba. Oh, yeah, and a couple things I wanted to run by you. Let me make. Uh, let me see if I can find you again. You still there? I'll have to give Doll a little extra squeeze today. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she'd appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Well, why wouldn't she? Oh, well, I mean, you know, coming I'm from her man, coming from the, yeah, coming from the maestro. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she probably, she also probably puts a big X on this day every year. Oh, it's International Women's Day. I'm going to get a little something extra. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can find this for you. So I played this for Darren last night. I said, I bet your friend would like this. Uh, because Fred's a Beatle fan like the rest of us. Okay, here we go. So, you know, this is a mashup of a famous Beyonce song with a famous Beatles right. song. What's the matter? No, okay. Oh, I thought you said Howard. No. Okay, here we go. I went, no. Here we go. That cool. Yeah. 
You know, yeah, Beatles covers cool. is trick, are, are tricky territory yeah. for bands, right? Any Beatles cover, and, uh, you know, I'm sure some would love that, some uh, maybe not. It always gets back to this. What would John think? He'd probably love it. Yeah, he'd right? probably dig it. And, and by the way, in the video, they cut the Beyonce and her part. They cut that against John Lennon singing this on his own. Oh, cool. Very, very cool. Um, here's the thing that reminded me of, too. I was saying that to Darren. We, we were talking about Chris Rock the other day, and, you know, it was a little bit uneven, and it wasn't maybe the funniest thing. But if you've seen it, it's certainly interesting to watch, and he says some controversial things. But one of his best jokes is that Beyonce joke. So, you know what I'm talking about? He's saying, like, if he, he said if he, his whole point is, and this is a good, you know, for International Women's Day. Chris Rock said, if you don't think women have the power, he said, imagine this. Beyonce's married to Jay-Z. Now, if Beyonce looked like Beyonce and worked at Burger King, she could still be married to Jay-Z. But if Jay-Z's working at Burger King, he ain't getting Beyonce. Right. And it was such a good, like he tells it much better than that. But the premise is so good and so true. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was really food for thought and so true. Mm -hmm. And 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 that's why when I said to you and Bill yesterday, there's so much about Chris Rock's uh, special I liked. And some of it was just like, okay, that's not the funniest thing I've ever heard, but it's a really smart thing. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's why I, and, and again, when a lot, you know, Dave, Dave Chappelle, we talked about George Carlin. You know, what Chris Rock's latest special, that's sort of what I want out of a a, a special or an hour from a stand-up comic. You know, social commentary and, you know, you know, thought-provoking. Because if it's a lot of that stuff, honestly, I've told you before, I'll listen to, I'll watch comedy specials that maybe even you've told me about, and 20 minutes in, I'm done. Like, it's... But I, that kept me for the whole hour. It really did. Yeah, there were several uh, things he said that, and I, Bill mentioned the one about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he did this bit about abortion, and he's talking about how many abortions he's paid for. And, you know, he says, uh, you know, and Chris Rock's got such great rhythm and such great stage present, but he's doing his sort of thing where he keeps saying the thing, same thing over and over again. He goes, first semester, second semester. I don't, I, I, I think you should be able to kill them up to the, you know, until therefore, see, you know, he says second semester, I think, you know, um, whatever semester in school. And I thought that mm-hmm. was again, you know, not a lot of guys would say that, that you should be able no. to abort your kid up to age four. And I said what I loved about that and watch it again. When he says that, just the way he looks out at the audience, mm-hmm thinking you know i've like this is i've really stepped to the edge of the cliff here how are they going to receive this and then they show the audience and then some look shocked and others are laughing and then you know the look on some faces they didn't know what to think or how to react and how does it get any better than that that's a great point too and again i screwed up the joke but the point is he you know a lot a lot of comics would come on stage and say i think you should be able to abort children until they're four years old i mean <laughs> it's fucking and, and and you're right when they cut to the audience not everyone was laughing at it some people no. were sort of like oh my god did he just say that mm-hmm and at age 58 or whatever he is, 57, 58, he's, long, he's, he's already won us over. We know he's funny. Right. He's made us laugh. Um, he doesn't have to prove that he's funny anymore, I don't think. No. 
Although on Fox News now they're saying, you know, that uh, kids are going to be able to be aborted up to four years of age. Mm, of course. Mm. And of course, because they heard it on the Chris Rock special, right? And that plays into their narrative. So four-year-olds now to be aborted. Mm-hmm. That is, are you kidding? I thought you were doing, is that a joke or is that for real? <laughs> Isn't that a sad statement? It is. I'm, I'm kidding, like, but it could be real. You know what? I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some people on Fox going, now you see the left wants to abort children until they're four years old. Yeah, that no, is, um, okay. Listen, we've got our guest here. Hang on, Casey. I want to make sure I have the right music because, as I mentioned, uh, let me go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I mentioned to Fred yesterday that I wasn't 100% sure I saw or it was real, you know, with fake news and all. But I'm pretty sure I saw a picture of our next guest on a disco cruise. And, and he was wearing a wig, and it was in full sort of 70s disco dance regalia. And here to tell us about that, the former assistant to the prime minister of this country, the right honorable Tony Clement. Hello. Hello. Did you like, did you like, the, did you like the, uh, the, 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 the porn stash? Is that what it's called? <laughs> I, I, I like to call it a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> well, you Just do. You really side. do. You do have a sort of 70s vibe, do you? Yes, today? for sure he does. The glasses, the mustache, the shirt yeah. almost paisley. It has a paisley yeah. look and the hair. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Tony. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. I knew I knew you were. I heard uh, your show yesterday and I know you're you're a bit shocked, Fred. I think you were. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think you were. A little bit confused by what was going on in my life. Well, I was certainly confused, Tony. As I reported to Fred, I I mean, I follow you on uh, all the social media, so I was uh, keeping up with what was going on, and I was 100% sure what I saw. Uh, Before we get into the politics, why don't you tell us what you were doing? Yeah, so uh, went on the ultimate disco cruise with my uh, bride. Uh, We celebrated our wedding anniversary uh, on the cruise, and uh, we went with... uh, Four sets of friends, most of them from Muskoka. So we had our our, our own little gang. And um, I went in, I, I will confess, a little bit skeptical. But I had a blast. We all did. We, we dressed up, uh, dancing from 11 a.m. to 3 a.m. Uh, oh. You know, he- headliners, uh, Cool in the Gang, Casey and the Sunshine Band. Um, there was some... Um, Tribute bands. There was a BG's tribute band uh, uh, headed by a Canadian guy. Actually, uh, there was a Queen tribute band, which is not disco, but that was fine by me. They they were fantastic, and uh, just uh, everybody dressed up and had fun and uh, cruising around the Caribbean. So, what could be bad about that? How, how do you explain that? A different strokes for different folks. That sounds horrid to me. That's <laughs> right. We all, yeah, well, especially, well, especially the especially same the eleven. I, same thing. Especially was, the eleven to three a.m. Yeah, like I would yeah, be like, yeah, okay, no, we, I mean, I, I'd be like Tony. We can start at eleven, but I'm going in for a nap at around two thirty, and you, you won't you won't see me again. Mm-hmm. I may have had a little nap in the mid to late afternoon. I, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie, but no, it was. You didn't have to dance all that time, and uh, there were other activities going on. But uh, it was. It was. And this um, uh, this Star Vista who ran the cruise uh, it was on a celebrity uh, cruise ship, 
they they have other genres too. They have a Soul Train cruise. They've got a uh, New Orleans jazz cruise. They've got a a '60s music cruise. So there, this is a genre of cruising. And uh, heck yeah, you know I, I I love live music as you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, even to see Casey and the Sunshine Band, they, they actually performed at Key West. We got off the ship and, and saw them there. Uh, cool and the gang was actually on the, on board, but uh, KC, they were, they were fantastic. You know, uh, KC uh, joked that, uh, that he was going to rename the band KFC. Cause he's put <laughs> on a little, a little weight. Since the That's very good. Yeah, yeah. And listen, man, any, anytime human beings gather and have fun, you know, Fred and I endorse it as long as it doesn't involve us. <laughs> well, no, right, yeah. that, that is pretty impressive because you say dancing from 11 a.m. to 3 a.m. and all the disco stuff. And you, like Howard, you do not drink, do you, Tony? No, no. So you, no. you get to enjoy all this stuff sober. Like, the, I, I find that fascinating because I'd have to get a little <laughs> I was, I get into a I was disco say, situation. If I was stuck on that boat, I might start drinking. Is this thing ever going to end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have these drink packages. I didn't buy one, of course, because I wasn't going to get my (laughs) my amount out of it. But apparently, the cruisers spent two hundred. The value of the drinks they consumed on day one was two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow. That's a lot of booze. Now, Tony, I wanted. There's a couple things I wanted to bring up. I'm not sure what Fred went. Wanted to approach, but I, I just want to bring up something that Freddie and I were batting around earlier in the show. And having been part of our government for some time, when these travel advisories are issued for places like Mexico, and especially around spring break and when Canadians are going to travel, this is a huge tourism time of the year, especially for a, a country like Mexico, where, where, where Can- Canadians are the second uh, biggest cohort of people that come here. What does the government want, really want us to do by issuing these several threat levels, sort of moderate and do not go to this area? Yeah, I mean, I, I take it seriously when it's, uh, you know, basically a travel ban. They're saying, yeah, you know, if you travel here, you're not going to get any uh, embassy or consular help. You're on your own. That That's the highest level, obviously. And if you travel to Ukraine or or Russia, you'd get that kind of warning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I tend, this is just me talking now, guys, but I, I wonder whether a lot of this is sort of cover your ass stuff because, uh, you know, you, you, you look up anywhere, you know, go to France. Oh, there's a travel warning. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, I, one of my bucket list things is going to Egypt. Well, you know, you can't go to Egypt. There's a travel warning. So uh, I, I think it's like any traveler. Uh, you've got your podcast on this. Uh, you know, you just have to be uh, aware of your surroundings and not take any unnecessary risks uh, and and so forth. But uh, I, I, I for me. I want to see the world. I know you guys want to see the world. So, you know, if you listen to Global Affairs Canada, you wouldn't travel outside mm-hmm. of Canada. Yeah, there's a travel advisory for Moose Jaw, for crying out loud. Yeah. And, and, well, and, and for good reason, I'm sure. That's right. Um, no, but it's funny. You, I was about to use that term, cover your ass. The government does that. So if anything happens, they can point to it and say, well, you know, we did give you a warning. Uh so I understand that aspect. But again, you know, as I said to Howard, Tony, it's the luck of the draw. All the hundreds yeah. of thousands of people that come into, say, Mexico or anywhere that, you know, there are advisories. I mean, the percentages are you're going to be fine. 
And then when something does go south, it's it's really it's really glorified or not glorified, but you know what I mean? It's amplified. Sensationalized, well, for sure. Look at this, uh, all the coverage on these two Americans who were killed yeah. uh, in Mexico. I, I'm perhaps yeah. you've already talked about that. Yep. But yeah, I, I mean, you know, and you could get attacked on a TTC bus tomorrow. So, you know, again, you have to be aware of your surroundings and uh, and uh, take uh, take the measure of the situation. But uh, I'm. I'm of the school. This is just my personal view is you, you do want to see the world and you do want to travel. Yeah, there's two uh, categories here. I've got the uh, Canadian advisory. One is a, a red symbol that says do not travel. And I just and I'm, we're going to get off this in a second. But let's say I did not heed that warning and did travel to that area and something happened. You know, maybe not. Like, I got in trouble uh, somehow, but, you know, wasn't killed. So you're saying the Canadian government wouldn't, you know, come and get me, give me any aid because it said, hey, we warned you? No, no, they would. They would try. Absolutely. They would try and uh, they would use their consular or their embassy uh, staff to do that. But uh, they, they want to let you know that their ability to successfully help mm. help you is limited. OK, that makes sense. Um, Fred, what did you, did you have something for Tony? Because I had another uh, thing, but you, I want to give you a chance to get in there. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, t- t- today, um, Tony, actually, it is today. Go- uh, grocery store CEOs will face a commons committee to explain food prices. Does, does anything ever come of these or is this just window dress the government um, wanting to look like they're concerned about grocery prices? Or can yeah, anything I, ever really come of this? Because everybody, it seems to be the consensus out there that the uh, the food companies, the grocery stores are gouging us right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think this was, unless I'm mistaken, an initiative of, uh, of uh, the NDP. Uh, and uh, so Jagmeet Singh, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure that once the session, the parliamentary hearing is over, he'll put a motion before Parliament. Yeah. Uh, you know, condemning this situation and 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 saying that the government has got to do something that that motion might even pass. Uh, the conservatives might vote for it or what have you, but nothing. It'll it'll be a do nothing motion because it won't be in a bill, and the government is not obliged to act on a, a, just a mere motion of the House of Commons. So yeah, I think it's a little bit of window dressing, but for Singh, it's an opportunity to highlight an area where he feels he's strong, that people feel very concerned about food prices. Uh, Pierre Polyev has talked about food prices as well, but he hasn't taken aim at uh, uh, Weston or anybody. Um, but at the same time, uh, I, th- I think these parliamentary hearings in this instance aren't going to shed a lot of light. Okay. Speaking of I your guy. So. Yeah. Speaking of your guy, uh, PP, uh, again, uh, our quest to uh, get uh, Senior Polyev on our program again continues, so that's it's an open door policy. He, um, I haven't really been uh, delving too much into it. You know, I remember I follow you on social media. We go back and forth sometimes, and but I have noticed there's a few things recently where Polyev has appeared in places, or there's been some more associations with him that are less than flattering. How do you speak to that, sir? Yeah, I think there's a couple things going on. Uh, number one, uh, what the conservatives are highlighting is the Chinese Communist Party interference. So their their focus is to try to get 
an independent inquiry into what is pretty evident, given the leaks from the, sp the spy agencies and so on, that the Chinese had an organized plan to interfere in Canadian elections and to uh, basically elect liberals uh, because they felt that they were softer on their government than a conservative government would be. So uh, we're not nobody's saying that the, that the election was fixed, but they're saying that in certain discrete writings, maybe a dozen writings, the Chinese were trying to interfere with the election result. So that's what Pierre Polyev is focused on, right? He wants to have independent inquiry. Uh, Justin Trudeau seems to want to have the inquiry sort of in, in secret and uh, not have public hearings and what have you. And so that's what he's on. At the same time, uh, to be uh, to be uh, my observation of it is that uh, there's this this mini sort of scandal where three conservative MPs uh, had a meal with this member of the European Parliament uh, who has some distasteful uh, views. And so uh, there was some pressure on Polyev to react to that. He did react to it and sort of condemn the meeting and condemn the individual. Uh, and then, of course, what happens in these instances are say, well, why aren't your MPs resigning from the caucus? Mm -hmm. You know, because they they had this meeting, so they they kind of ratchet it up. So every time Pierre talks about Chinese Communist Party interference, I see on Twitter the the, the liberal uh, supporters and liberal MPs saying, well, what about the fact that you're a fascist? You know, so <laughs> it's that that kind of that that kind of dialogue as usual uh, that's that's happening on Twitter. So yeah, I, I think uh, you know that's not. I, if I were a leader, like uh, any leader, you don't you, you don't want to be on your back foot. You want to be you want to be on your front foot. You know, attacking the government, the demanding results. So it's he's getting a little he's getting that on the Chinese Communist Party interference, but he's he's playing defense on, uh, on this other this, issue. Yeah. Uh, this lunch meeting, yeah, for sure. Well, it, it, here here's the way I look at it. If you care to know. Um, the people I sit with, the people I talk with, you know, uh, guys around my age and tend to lean a little to the right, you know, if not center. Um, nobody's talking about Chinese um, election interference. They probably should, but they're not. They're talking about grocery prices. They're talking about interest rates. They're talking about their kids not being able to buy a house. So to me, that whole Chinese thing is pissing in the wind. It really is as far as an election uh, would go. Yeah, it's not. And as far as those three MPs, see, that resonates as well, Tony, because I don't like Pierre, or, uh, Justin Trudeau. But what she said about Trudeau was just wrong and ignorant and, 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 and vicious and um, insulting to Canadians. So for those yeah. three guys to sit with her or w with her, yeah, that's going to make the news because people notice stuff like that. Well, as, as you've said before, Freddie, the, the Chinese talk, interference yeah. is just way out there in left field. Right. That's what I was going to say. It's not the kind of like the Chinese interference. And by the way, I mean, the, the, the prime minister has convened a panel and he's going to look into it. You know, the, the conservatives right. problem with it is it's not going to be a public one. But that was going to be my point, too, that it's a lot easier to get your head around. Uh, uh, grocery prices and somebody mm -hmm. insulting our prime minister, whether you like our prime minister or not, that's an easier topic than to, yeah. to get into the Chinese Communist Party interfering with elections, which comes back to the conversation now that we've been having the three of us for a long time, which is Pierre Polyev may be a great answer to a yet unanswered, an un unasked question, but there's always some kind of stink around him. 
Yeah, I mean, this is but this is the liberal playbook, too, if I may say, uh, is to, uh, you know, for 100 years, uh, they've run on uh, one. So I've said this on your program before. It's king or chaos, like William Lyon, McKenzie King, uh, you know. And so you have to elect us because if the other guy, get, oh, you don't want the other guy getting in. That, that's the end of the world as we know it, the end of democracy, the, you know. And, and because of the advent of Trump from 2015 onwards, uh, they've 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 tried uh, you know, in, in varying degrees of success to say, well, that's a Trump policy. In fact, when when uh, the uh, when the conservatives started raising issues about Chinese Communist Party interference, the first reaction of the liberals was, well, you're just you're just saying that because you think the election was fixed and you're just being like Trump. And then it turned out that there was an issue. And the only reason we're getting any kind of review of Chinese Communist Party interference is because Trudeau was feeling the, the pressure, right? The public. And, and I, I saw a poll, I don't know how valid it is, saying two thirds of Canadians are concerned about Chinese Communist Party interference. So I think China is enough of an issue amongst some people, you know, that, that, that they do care about our national sovereignty and our national security on that. Generally, it's going to be, you're right. I, th- I think for an, right. a, an election issue, once the election comes, it's going to be. Uh, are you better off today than you were a couple of years or three years ago? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be, as always, the, the major it. issue. You know, and I saw that poll, and then I put myself in that position. If the phone rang and they said, "We're, you know, this is a national poll. Are you concerned about Chinese election interference? Of course I'm going to say yes. Sure. But then I'm going to hang up the phone and probably forget about mm-hmm. it. I mean, seriously, and that's the thing about Poliev that concerns me. And again, it's not like we're attacking you or putting you on the spot. You know, this is a vehicle for you to explain and tell us why Pierre Polyev is getting a bad deal or a raw deal or um, being hooked with the with the wrong image. It's just that what's going to sink him is the attachment to the whack jobs. And he's got to once and for all denounce it, step away from it. He's got to point at those three MPs and and, and be firm with them because that was. Yeah, and he did. He did announce the meeting and he, he said his MPs, said, had a, you know, I, I think they. They they said that they didn't do a proper vetting of who this lady was, mm-hmm. uh, this uh, mm-hmm. member of the European Parliament. Uh, but but he did denounce her and her views, uh, and that, you know. But he's going to be he's going to be on defense because they're going to keep attacking him. Right. Like yeah. that. But but I, I, your your basic point is that no, I mean he cannot go into the election talking about issues which are are too extreme for the Canadian public, which is why he generally sticks to the bread and butter issues. I mean, he he was in Stony Creek last weekend. 2,000 people showed up, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, just to hear him speak. So he he is, there is something there where people are, you know, after eight years of Trudeau, absolutely. People, people want to kick the tires of the other guy and see whether it's a hundred percent. And 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 so they should. And yeah, I was going to say, you know, if, if the liberal playbook is king or chaos, you know, maybe you could describe the conservative playbook, which is we're not the liberals, you know, because it's like because that's what's going to happen. I mean, you know, uh, it's it seems to happen that at some point Canadians' appetites diminish for a liberal government. And, and he's, got, he's going to get some traction just on that. It's been a long time now that we've had Trudeau and the Liberals. But if you could describe from a political strategy standpoint, what is the conservative playbook? Yeah, I mean, they, they won't start looking at you until they're, they're pissed off enough with the other guys. So there has to be a, a mm-hmm. need for change. So that's the first thing you got to do before you do anything else. No one's going to be listening to you on your policies unless they want 
to consider a change of government. So that's step one. Step two is, and you're absolutely right, uh, it can't be uh, elect us because we're not the liberals. Right. Uh, that'll that'll play into the liberal point of the playbook, which is these guys are too dangerous. They'll they'll start to fill your cup with all of their their you know vitriol against you. So you've got to fill your own cup with the, you know here's where we want Canada to go. Here's what we're all about on terms of inflation. Here's where we're all about in terms of housing. Uh, the the bre- these bread and butter issues and. Uh, and, uh, you know, here's how we're going to turn around Canada. I hear Pierre saying a lot about, look, uh, you know, Canada isn't broken, but our government is broken. And here's how we want to turn around things so that Canada can be a place of opportunity again for newcomers, for people who've been here for five generations, doesn't matter. So he's uh, is today the day that he rolls that out, uh, maybe a little bit here and there, but he's going to save a lot of that for the pre-election and election period because, uh, you know, otherwise it gets stale too quickly. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, very interesting. I, and before we let you go, um, without getting too deep into it, it's been another, you know, I'm sure even following the uh, Fox News, Dominion Securities voting machine lawsuit. And, you know, and we've said it, Fred said it, I said it. You know, these really are the people who work at Fox. They're not just broadcasters and presenters. They're actually a danger to their country because by not by by not telling the truth that they knew that the fact they knew the election wasn't stolen. They just basically inflamed to save their ratings. They inflamed this jingoism to a point that, you know, now it's like this uh, commentator that I follow. She said, we're not looking for a national divorce. We just want these guys to lose their fucking licenses. Like, if this mm-hmm. happened in Canada, they wouldn't be able to broadcast anymore. So what's your thoughts, uh, Tony? Yeah, Is that I mean, true, they would, Tony? They wouldn't be well, able to broadcast? I, uh, you know, we, there's promise. You know more than well, most. Well, your POP, yeah. Performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got you to you, you promise a bunch of things to the CRTC and deliver on them. So, uh, you know, and that's true for every broadcaster in this country it, you i think you've you've talked about this on on the podcast before how things changed during the reagan administration and the uh, requirement to have a balanced broadcast was thrown out and now that's why you have these uh, you know the, the the rise of talk radio and these other and these stations of, of mm-hmm. the left or the right uh who, who don't have a balanced point of view so uh, yeah, I, I, I look. I lament the state of American democracy along with you, and uh, I, it looks like Trump is going to be renominated, which just blows my mind. Uh, you know, I thought that they'd have a good second look, uh, and maybe that would still be the case in the Republican Party, but it doesn't look likely right now. Uh, and um, I just lament that. Like, I, if I were an American voter, I wouldn't know what to do. Uh, it's just a terrible situation. No, and, and you know, if he is is you know he gets the Republican ticket, it's just a it's a it's a party of of cowards. That's all it is. Nobody wanting to stand up. Anybody with any power within that party not wanting to stand up to this guy. It's just yeah. so cowardly. 
and the country is at stake. It's well, Howard and I talk about this all the time. They're not patriotic. They don't care about their country. They care about their parking spots. That's it. And if I may be so bold, I mean, on the other side of the coin, you've got you've got a president. <laughs> sometimes he's really sharp, and sometimes oh, yeah. he ain't too sharp. No, no, no I, I mean? exactly. I'll give you that, Tony. And I've said that I've been saying it for a long time. And I had this discussion with my buddy the other day. Like, it's not like there's some superstar Democrat. Mm-hmm waiting in the wings and and it's all kind of lining up that you know as we've just said if trump somehow got the nomination you know what would that say for the country but on the other hand you know i've said this recently that you know there's no corporation in america that would hire joe biden no he can't get a job as ceo of any big company but somehow he's the president and he might get the nomination again Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think it's highly likely that he will. So uh, so there's where we're at. It's not a not a great era of, of American democracy. I'll give you that much. Is it but, uh, the, the greatest country in the world? And look where they're at. The so-called, let yeah. me say, greatest country in the world. And look where they're at. Yeah, it's you know, yeah, they've got and they've got big issues, Fred. You're absolutely right. I mean, when you look mm-hmm. at all the issues they have to face uh, internally, externally, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I got to give Biden his props. Uh, like, I, I think he's tackled some of the China issues very well and some of the supply chain issues very well. So I'm not one of these partisan people that only sees bad mm-hmm. things that Biden has done. I, I think he's done some really important things for national security. He's been solid on Ukraine. Uh, you know, and uh, and they, he's had some critics in the Democratic Party in Ukraine, too. It's not yeah. sure. on the Republican side. And so, that's uh, healthy. You know, give, give him props. And that's very healthy. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and as Tony said, I mean, you know, there are some times when uh, President Biden looks pretty sharp. You know, you got to give him the props at the State of the Union. He handled that, you know, thrust and volley or whatever pretty well with all those nincompoops yelling at him about Medicare. But um I just don't think that. I mean, the, the problem, again, is think about who the other actors in the Democratic Party are. There's Kamala Harris, who as vice president, you know, is a, is a likely candidate. But who's the other superstar? It's Pete Buttigieg. And there's yeah. no way America is going to elect a gay man as president. It's not going to well, happen. Also had a, he's also had a rough couple of weeks uh, with East Palestine, too. So there's that, too. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Yeah, but as but, you know from being a politician, you could have a rough couple of weeks, but he's got great skills. Yeah. He, he would be him or Beto O'Rourke. But, you know, it's just, you know, they've, they've elected one Catholic and they're not one black man and they're not going to elect a gay man uh, president while the three of us are alive. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, it could be wrong, but I, I, it's hard to right. say. Uh, I guess your point, though, is the the well is not very deep on the Democrat right. side either. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, I, what is it about American politics? I, I, well, I guess we can answer that question. What, why is it so hard for the cream to rise to the top? And it's just such a uh, the answer has to be the process to, you know, on the one hand, to elect a president. There's a, you know, you have to walk on coals and you have to, you have to, you don't have to, you know, go to church basements for, for three years in a row to sell <laughs> your right. message before anyone even pays attention to you. So there's a, there's a, the vetting process is, is incredible. But on the other hand, like a lot of people say, why would I ever want to go through that yeah. and subject my family to that? Not just myself. And um, here in Canada, all you have to be is a drama teacher. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The qualifications are a lot lower. 
<laughs> All right. Well, listen, man. What a uh, what a wonderful visit with our friend Tony. If you follow him on social media as I do, you can see him dressed in his disco finery, and of course his uh, podcast with Jody Jenkins. It's uh, it's taken off. People love it. What's the name of it again, sir? And another thing podcast. And another thing podcast available wherever you find your finest podcast. And Tony, always a pleasure, my friend. Take uh, take care and safe travels to you. All the best, my friends. Take care. Okay, see you coming. Yeah, man. Uh, a couple people reminded me for us. Uh, spring break starts uh, imminently. Uh, I think it was uh, my buddy laughs. I think it starts uh, the end of this week. So the kids are going to be off. Yes, my grandchildren will be off. I wonder what they will be up to. Geez, if I was a good granddaddy, I would have arranged to have them come down. I was going to say, why don't you bring them down here to, yeah. to threat level orange? <laughs> you know... Because, you know, to be honest, this wouldn't be the best place for the grandkids. Because I, if I was going to bring them on a holiday, I'd want them to experience the beach and the ocean. Sure. And Howard, it's very hot here. It's hotter oh, yeah. than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's hotter than it was when I was here in November. Oh, man. And again. And listen, last night we, we went downtown for dinner in the evening. Cool evenings and nice cool mornings. But by 3 o'clock in the afternoon... That sun is like a drill bit. Yeah, it's sizzling here. And again, you know, we, we understand that back in Toronto, mm-hmm. you know, it's still kind of crappy. And wouldn't it be nice to be here? We're just talking about, you know, like, I, I'm going to go play golf this morning. I know you're going to find that very odd. And mm-hmm. like yesterday, as I said to Darren, my roommate, who, by the way, I, I, at some point I should mention that I poisoned him, apparently. But um, yes. yesterday was one of the nicest days since I've been here because I got out early and, you know, for the first two or three hours, it was in the early 20s. But as you say, by three o'clock, you know, there's no breeze, there's no humidity, but it is scorching hot here. Mm-hmm. Yes. But before I forget, I just loved, I just, I loved the face you made. <laughs> we, I don't know if you were looking at me when he said that the, uh, whatever, the party started at 11 and went to three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking, you and I both, literally, when you made the face, I started to smile because I'm like, he's thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, okay, how do I get off that boat? And I'm just thinking 11 o'clock at night and it's loud. The music would be loud and there would it would be crowded. And, oh, yeah. And, and Drunken listen, people. Like that, oh, yeah, fantastic. Would, would Tony be in his 60s? Yeah, not, like, I don't even oh, know. Oh, yeah, like, I think so. Okay, for a man in his sixties to like partake in that and have the energy and the desire, I think that's wonderful. Uh, but not my cup of tea. From top to bo- from top to bottom. No, I know. That's why I started to laugh. You, you made that face. I'm like, eh, that sounds horrid. Um, okay, let's move on. Speaking of a man, a vital man, someone who is uh, talk about aging with energy. He's uh, always welcome on the Old Guys Travel Show. Tim.Nibble at RaymondJames.ca. It's another episode of What's Going On with the Retirement Sherpa. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Ola, I guess I should say. And I'm utterly jealous of Tony there, Fred. And my uh, resting heart rate was 80, so I just wanted to check in with that. That's pretty good. That's pretty Mm -hmm. good. Um, 
Lots yeah. of drugs, man. Well, I'll tell you, I was going to send you a note because um, I've been on these beta blockers since November. And, you know, I've had this discussion being, you know, cardiac buddies. I, it, it's been very consistent. As soon as I got here, my uh, heart rate elevated quite a bit. And again, within reasonable, you know, whatever, recommended rates. But um, I was going to send you a note and say, do you think this is okay? <laughs> do you think it's... Because all of a sudden, it went from like 67 to 85. That's an amazing difference, isn't it? I mean, of course, oh, yeah. here we're at sea level. So, uh, and when I mentioned drugs, just for clarity, I meant beta blockers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that I have you asked uh, um, another expert? Have you yeah, consulted yeah. a fellow doctor on that? Yeah, I've got two or three cardiologists on the go here. Yeah, everything's fine, and and the beta blockers have uh, kicked back in, and I'm uh, sort of back to where I normally am. But uh, and even Freddie noticed it, and he hasn't got a heart issue other than having too big a heart. Um, that we're at 6,000 feet here and it definitely, uh, definitely makes a difference. Um, Tim, I, I, I forget, uh, just to do a medical, uh, uh, checkup and run down here. Do you, do you have a pacemaker? Yeah, I'm, I'm basically, I think, uh, at the three year anniversary today, uh, we, we ended up going back early March of 2020, uh, kind of early COVID crazy days, uh, for it so i'll have to check my warranty fred but i think i'm bang on three years that's <laughs> right How but when you have one do you get a remote where you can actually set your heart rate uh oh, today i think i'll be at 85 <laughs> like it doesn't work that way um, T- today feels like a 75 day <laughs> no to my understanding they uh do exist down here uh, it- you know, in the States, depending on your HMO plan or whatever, but uh, right. alas, was not to be on the Canadian uh, subsidized mm-hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't plan. want to get them mixed up. It's like you go to hit something and your garage goes up. Someone, yeah, comes, yeah, to, someone yeah. comes to your house and all of a sudden your heart rate, dro- heart rate drops to 40. <laughs> but here's the reason Tim's here, uh, obviously, is to talk about some, you know, financial things. Of course, we've passed the uh, RSP deadline. And today uh, you said you'd wanted to have a little fun with us. Yeah, well, our pals from uh, Visual Capitalist, uh, of course, always send interesting stuff. And this recent one was uh, the most and least expensive cities in in the world. Uh, None from Canada, which was kind of disappointing and interesting all at the same time. But yeah, with your your pal Jeff, uh, you know, moving to to France. Uh, We've got clients who moved to Costa Rica. Um, uh, One of my colleagues I was just talking to bought a place in Italy, northern Italy near near venice so the pedestrian down in mexico like you guys down in florida california arizona like myself and others um more and more people seem to be looking at the fact that not only for more and more of the year sometimes for the entire year they might consider living somewhere else yeah uh you know where we are in san miguel de allende um like uh, last night in the restaurant, I was just I, I started talking to this woman. And again, she was from somewhere in the States and moved here permanently. And so often you meet people in this little town that have uh, just sold everything and moved here, you know, for, again, uh, the climate, uh, the the cost of living. Um, and, you know, this isn't unique, this town. There are many dotted all over uh, mm-hmm. the southern states and uh, Mexico and the Caribbean that people are doing that. Right. And, and certainly as, as Canadians, with a lot of us having European heritage, I mm-hmm. think that, you, you know, uh, I, it feels like more each year kind of holiday over there, even in the winter in, in the warmer spots of 
of course. And and again, if you got heritage there, then you might consider uh, a gentleman who used to run a great restaurant in in uh, downtown Milton. There, he built a place in Italy. That's where he was from, and mm-hmm. he moved there permanently when he sold the business and retired and all that. So it's you know it, it can be part of somebody's plan if that's important to them. I mean, there's lots of moving parts potentially, but it can be done. You know, Timmy, I played uh, golf yesterday. I know you're going to find that hard to believe, but of the uh, there was about well, we were played in. I love it down here because we played in two fivesomes. So of the ten guys oh. sitting around the table, uh, there were more than half of those gentlemen, uh, one from Canada and four or five from America that had moved here permanently. It, it seemed, and I, I don't know why that surprised me because, you know, I just assume they're like, you know, our friend Bill Hertz or others that have come down for the winter, although Bill's spending more and more time here. But it seems like these guys have decided that, you know, all things being considered, as you say, moving parts and how long your money can last, etc. that, um, you know, moving away permanently is an option for people because it's, you know, I don't know if it's a whole lot cheaper. It's cheaper here than it is in Florida, I would say. Yeah, do you know what the driver was? Was there kind of a general one for them? Was it the weather or was it the money? or? Um, well, was part it of the it, there, there was three of those five guys that are married to Mexican women. That are married to, uh, yeah, and it, it's, then they've all been down here for over 10 years. And, and maybe, and certainly part of the driver was the weather. And part of the driver is they love the culture. Well, you know, as we talk about, uh, as you guys did earlier, the reality of the U.S. political scene, I I guess that Mm -hmm. might be encouraging for some people to leave what's going on uh, here, too, right? But it doesn't have to affect your day-to-day reality too much, but it's still disconcerting to to some. I know our daughter uh, sometimes wonders if she wants our grandson to live his entire formative years in the great state of Florida. Yeah. Well, you know, and that dollar is just punishing. It is like, again, I just look at a $20 entree. You know, what I pay $20 here for in San Miguel would be $25, $26 at home. It would be in a Toronto restaurant. In Florida, it would be $23, $24, $25 because I don't see a big difference anymore. And then the exchange. So, and going through the grocery store here, too, I was talking to a guy that lives in Mexico, and I said, why are grocery prices, you seem to have held the line on them, because, you know, I grocery stop at home, and I'm doing the comparison, and he's saying, they really have to stay on top of it, because if we, if they here experience the same inflation that they did in Canada and the United States, it would bring the country to its knees. The people here would literally starve. So it's a whole different mindset. So have you really noticed a big difference in grocery uh, prices here? Yeah, again, I looked at a T-bone steak yesterday in the in the, in the grocery store. Right. It was $9 Canadian. Right. It would be over 20 at home. But again, you could go all day with those comparisons. The point being, looking after Mexicans makes it great for Canadians and Americans with money. Yeah, that's the one thing I noticed, Freddie, yep. and we're at my last location is, Things like, you know, chicken thighs and, and meat. Mm-hmm. Like, I brought a pretty nice, you know, ribeye steak, and it was like 12 bucks. And it was, yeah. you know, maybe not the best I've ever had. <clears throat> Excuse me, but it was decent. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it. Uh, you know, I think that's what draws a lot of people to Mexico. This article you sent us to, Tim, it's interesting. The most expensive cities are the usual suspects, L.A., right. New, York, New York, Chicago, all that. But the, the, the least expensive if that's how it's tagged, is uh, there's not many there that I'd be interested in, like uh, 
Colombo, Sri Lanka. Yeah. Uh, Bangalore, India. Like, I, I'm not going to retire there. Oh, come Tehran, on. Iran. You, you would do well um, in Bangalore, India. Tashkent, Uzbekistan. Oh, not sure that, Delise wants to go there. That's a highly underrated <laughs> place there, Fred. Is it really? No, oh, I, absolutely. Like, you know, here's the thing. If you want to move to Tehran, if you want to move to Tehran, Iran, yeah, you can get a nice, uh, <laughs> nice Airbnb. <laughs> I was actually looking on that list, by the way. And if anyone wants it, just go to visualcapitalist.com. Most and least expensive cities to live in. And I was looking for, uh, like, you know, Mexico. And mm-hmm. I would just say this. You know, a lot of those people that we've talked to here, Tim, have chosen Mexico for a bunch of reasons. But I think for a lot of Canadians, they're choosing Mexico or places outside of the States just for financial reasons. Is that what you're seeing with some of your clients? Uh, definitely finances has entered into it. Uh, Lorna's again kind of wanting to move here permanently. You're not wanting to, but talking about it because uh, the social dynamics are, are much more active here and, it, and it's mm-hmm. great. And sure. certainly if we sold a place in Burlington and just stayed in a place that's already paid for in Florida, the cost of living would be a little bit sure. uh, different and, and resources and all. So it is tempting. Um, but, but we love, uh, Ontario, of course, and lots of family and friends and, and all that way. But m- money's a driver. I-, I think even for some people, you know, it might just be that you know, they spent their first 60 years or whatever living in Canada. And and maybe they don't want another twenty years of the same stuff, right? They they might like to explore their roots in in Italy or sure. uh, go live in uh, Costa Rica or whatever, well, and, that- and just have a different, maybe more active lifestyle in some cases too, right? Because of the weather. So I, I think some people also are just plain looking at expanding their horizons. And that's the Jeff and Julia model. Jeff wanted to get a, the rest of his life in a different perspective. I think, and you know the the weather is a. It, it's a, it's a um, interesting subject from the standpoint of I couldn't take 12 months of what this is right now. I just couldn't. So if I was going to move somewhere permanently for 12 months, climate would play a big part from a cool standpoint. No, I can see that. I need some cool. Well, I don't what, want winter. I don't want slush. Yeah. I don't want snow. But I need some relief. I'm, that's the question I ask everyone here. So what's it like in you know July, August? You know, when, when it gets like when it gets hotter than this. And apparently here, Fred, it's actually pretty, pretty livable. The really, yeah. really bad months are April, May because there's no yeah. rain. Uh, yeah. Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. Always a interesting conversation when it comes to the idea of retirement. He is called the retirement Sherpa because you can have this conversation with him on your own time. Tim, thanks as always, my friend. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Great to see you. And I just want to confirm, does a golf ball fly further at the uh, higher elevation there? Dude, you'd love it. So much further. (laughs) I'll message you in a second. It's crazy how much further it goes. You'll be moving back a tee, my friend. (laughs) Enjoy the spiders. Enjoy and profit. Thank you, my brother. Mm -hmm. Well, to compensate for that, Howard, they should make the holes smaller then. Boy, they listen, they can't make it any smaller. <laughs> I, keep, I keep missing it as it is. Um, did you send, uh, by the way, did you see that thing I just sent you? Yes. Okay, so you've got it. Um, mm-hmm. Let me just uh, message our friend Dan because our next guest is uh, standing by. I'm going to admit uh, Kate here and message Dan. Uh, stand by Dan. We've got a lot of, you talk about moving parts. A lot of people uh, hanging out here today. 
Yeah. Here's Kate. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate Hi, Bergsma. How are you How today? Are you? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. Let me. I just want to make sure I got everything right here because we're excited to have you on the show. And uh, we um, have you. I just to be clear, because we're old men, Kate. Have you actually been on the show with us before? I have not, okay. but I did grow up in the area, and mm. I've heard your voices quite a bit over my lifetime. Aw, <laughs> that's fantastic. And, and now here we are, just two old men making silly nonsense every day. Well, <laughs> old men and an old lady. <laughs> um, well, listen, Kate, it's International uh, Women's Day, and of course, one of our big clients that we love talking about is GoDaddy. And... Um, you're a part. You're a partner uh, development manager with Microsoft Canada, and uh, you know, with a very diverse background, 25 years sales and marketing, and and really somebody with a lot of great marketing knowledge and acumen. But in celebration of uh, International Women's Day, GoDaddy and Microsoft are empowering Canadian women entrepreneurs by providing them with the tools and resources to feel confident. At every step of the journey, maybe we can start with that. Kate, what is that all about? Maybe you can tell us about your role as a partner development manager at Microsoft. Sure. So partner development manager in Canada, and I specialize really in the small and medium business space. So GoDaddy and I work together quite a bit because there's thousands of partners who actually bring Microsoft technology to the over a million small businesses in Canada. And um, it's just growing all the time. So small businesses are really important to the Canadian economy. And whether it's brand new businesses or side hustles or people who are like solopreneurs or even large small businesses, meaning like they have a few, you know, several employees, those are all huge drivers of the Canadian economy. And we work with people like GoDaddy to bring technology to them. And so when you have a partnership like that, who does what? What would Microsoft do? What would GoDaddy do in a situation like that? So in the simplest terms, Microsoft, we invent the technology. We're Mm -hmm. really good at developing technology. But people like GoDaddy bring solutions to the small businesses. GoDaddy are experts in dealing with people starting up their businesses for the first time and, and bringing things like domains and professional email the technology behind it can be Microsoft technology, but GoDaddy right. is reaching out to the small businesses. Okay, and uh, I mentioned it's International Women's Day. This year's theme is hashtag embrace equity. Tell us more about uh, uh, the day and how GoDaddy and Microsoft support women entrepreneurs. So there's a couple of things. In general, Canadian women, you know, we say Canadian women are unstoppable. And, and see more opportunity than ever to start businesses and be successful in businesses. But, you know, we take this day, International Women's Day, to kind of stop and reflect a little bit. And what are some of the challenges and actually what are some of the successes people are having out there? Because we want to celebrate and, and hopefully inspire more people. Our goal is to empower everybody on the planet to do more. So from a celebration perspective, I mean, we see examples with GoDaddy of bringing technology to small businesses all the time. There's a woman in Vancouver who started a business called Charcuterie Vancouver. Her name's Sadaf Rahimi. She starts a charcuterie business in 2019. And, you know, we kind of cringe a little bit because Mm -hmm. we know what happened after 2019. And to start Mm -hmm. an event-based business at that time was really hard. And she faced two major challenges. One was events were stopped 
And the other thing was kind of word of mouth and references became a little bit weird, right? Because people weren't getting out. So Sadaf used GoDaddy to get an online presence. She had to rethink her business and take it from events-based charcuterie boards to home-based charcuterie boards. So she, she started developing smaller boxes. Now, the online component to this is super important because, I mean, I don't know about you, but she didn't have time to go play golf, you know, you know, every weekend and, and get clients that way. Mm-hmm. She needed to do online, you know, to try sure. to get the word of mouth out there. And then the other piece is she wanted to look super professional. So she wanted her company name. And then the third piece, I don't know about you, but whenever I think about charcuterie boards, I think, oh, I could do a charcuterie board. I mean, how hard is that? <laughs> that's right. well, by the way, we love salty meat here. So you're speaking to the right? choir. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You, you think, oh, I can do it. But then you look online and you see her boxes and you see salami flowers and fresh herbs and ribbons. And then you say, aha, I must have that. Mm-hmm. And that's because she now has an online presence Got where it. people can see it. You know, it, um, women face certain barriers. Um, and again, you help with that. It's, it, it's just weird that in 2023, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, women would face barriers that men don't. Is this still misogyny or is it a time thing or what is it that women would actually in this day and age have a tougher time than a man? So, yeah, we know there's lots of opportunity in Canada to start small businesses and be successful. But research keeps telling us despite progress, women are underrepresented in the workforce and on boards, just like you said, Fred. And really, like, are we OK with that? You know, and, and we stop and say, why is that? So research has been showing that two of the major barriers are actually women overestimate the startup costs of a business. Research says they overestimate it by 56%. Hmm, interesting. And then another thing is women cite time constraints as a huge barrier to, to starting their own business. And so that's where technology can really be a helper to get over those hurdles. So number one, when you want to start up a business, if you work with GoDaddy, you can have a website and a professional email in minutes. Mm -hmm. It's really amazing. And it's actually very affordable. So from that perspective, that addresses some of the startup costs. And then of course it, 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 um, it talks about the time constraints. You can be up and running in minutes And then, like I said before, with the example, I mean, the goal for a small business or for lots of small businesses is, you know, make money while you sleep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you don't have to be manning the business or personing the business uh, all all day, every day, uh, and you can use online tools to do that for you, you can transact online, you can market online, you can do so many things now that that is really a helper in addressing the time constraints as well. Listen, Kay, we appreciate you uh, weighing in here on, uh, I love how you said personing. Um, and, 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 and it's funny, when you said that women overestimate the cost, mm-hmm. I'll bet you men underestimate the cost. You know, because we, you know, it's just one of those things I, I guarantee that is different in the sexes. If, if we have a, a couple of seconds here, what would your last piece of advice for aspiring women entrepreneurs be? The biggest thing is just go out and do it. 
Now that we have ways to start businesses quickly and cost effectively, um, just go and do it. If you're going to wait until you think you're 100% ready, you may never be there. And so sometimes you just have to take the leap. There's a lot of things in life that we learn as we go. So don't worry that you don't know everything about running a business day one. There's going to be plenty of time to experience things, reach out to your network and learn things as you go. So just start. Well, listen, man, that's great. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this. We uh, always love talking with people about GoDaddy. And uh, happy International Women's Day. You gave us some great information. And uh, thanks again. Nice speaking with you, Kate. You too. Thanks, Thanks, Kate. Take care. See you later. Thanks, Kate. Um, Are you hearing that? For some reason, it seems to only be in one of my headphones. That's weird. No, I'm getting both. Are you? Okay. Maybe it's just the... uh, That's weird. Um, well, we've had some technical difficulties today. We have to start the show again. People don't know that if you're listening to the podcast. Um, let me get Dan Duran here. Okay, let me just shut it down. Um, yeah, very good. Uh, you and I have uh, some entrepreneurial women in our lives. You know, your daughter worked uh, out there, and uh, my kids are both uh, sort of independent contractors at times. And mm-hmm. it's not easy, man. You know, it's not, it's no. not easy being entrepreneurs, period. You know, they, they say if you can get past a year, it's a huge win. Many businesses never get to five years. Mm-hmm. Dan Duran, yes. the newsman, he's going on uh, 35, 40 years, you know. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Yes. <laughs> Dan, why all of a sudden would I not be hearing... Um, the uh, Spotify to both uh, channels. Oh, so I'll solve it tomorrow. Let me just shut it down. But again, right. Howard, it's I'm hearing right. you're delivering both sides, it seems. Yeah. Because I'm hearing both sides. So you think it would be my headphones now? It's probably your headphones. It's more localized to your... Uh, but check uh, after the... Has uh, that been the whole show? No, no. It just happened now. All of a sudden. Um, no, it's let's, that, then, don't you worry because I can hear both. It's weird because I'm hearing both of you guys out of both of my headphones, and that means it's uh, all systems go and time for. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Ho! Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes. As for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from uh, Mazatlan Is that correct, Dan? Mazatlan? It is. All right. Mazatlan, yeah. With news and views, here's anchorman Dan Duran. Cross-border poop is on the rise. A story on CBC Today is reporting that a county in Maine is increasing its crap shipments to New Brunswick, where a company that processes it welcomes the increased dung volume. Now, the first thing I thought of was, well, what comes what comes with good old shit? You know, like all the drugs that were, you know, processed through the human. But I guess the real controversy is that there can be uh, forever chemicals or PFASs mixed in with a shite. The reason for the increase in shipments is stricter regs in Maine. 
about mm. PFS, a, 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 those things. And how sometimes <laughs> it can be used on uh, fertilizer, as a fertilizer on food crops. So you don't want to be eating the PFASs. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no regs in BC, in New Brunswick or most of Canada, it seems. But the excrement receiving company says it has uh, higher standards than regulations. And much of this muck has low levels of it. And this news reporter will keep you updated on incoming poop and where it goes. Well, listen, Excellent. You, you know your friends Howard and Fred well enough to know that, uh, you know, Nothing excites us. Nothing excites us more than uh, poopy jokes and uh, poopy stories. <laughs> yes, it's funny. We have I a quota. We have specific a, for the show. Oh yeah, we have a spreadsheet, and every so often, listen. Every we know, every so often, we have to have a shit story. Thank you for that, Dan. Yes, um, if we had a quota, we were <laughs> we were certainly below it for a while. But thank you for bringing it back up. Uh, tomorrow we've got uh, emails uh, for everybody. We've been uh, with a lot of them. Uh, we'll try and get through most of them. We certainly appreciate when people. I don't want to steal your thunder. We appreciate when people do send us notes. Uh, thanks to Tony Clement, Kate Bergsma, and uh, thank you all for uh, listening to us and uh, participating in the program. And uh, Dan Duran, here you go. No, that's, is that the right one? Yes, here we go. Yep. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. We read all those emails. We're talking about Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. And you know what? Liking, subscribing, giving us hearts and stars helps out the show, brings in more listeners, then keeps the show on the air or on the web for a lot longer. <laughs> for Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, poop is natural. Where you put it is not. Enjoy every goddamn day. Destination, a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?